You're listening to the My Day Off podcast, and the show begins right now. I didn't start out today thinking I, was, I wanted to record a podcast episode because there was nothing inherently special about today. And I also have not done this for six months. So why would I randomly, why would I have thought today I would have done it? So I actually, so to give you a, a little bit of a backstory, I, I think I started toward the end of August. It was right before my, my birthday. I, I started episode one and then for 11 weeks straight, I had an episode. So you can imagine that after 11 weeks of doing it, I was like, I don't have anything else to say. I'm going to stop until I have something else to say. And Because I'm a big believer that I don't ever want to just say things for the sake of filling space because honestly, I could be doing something else with that space. So why would I just talk for no apparent reason? Especially when I don't have any sort of passion. There's no, there was no particular topic I wanted to talk about um, and then, and then all of this happened and I think I'm finally at the point to where maybe I can verbalize some of what I've been thinking through and, and processing. Whereas in the thick of things, I didn't really want to talk about it. I'm like, this is awful. This is, it's hard, as you know, being separated from everyone and you live alone. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where we are. So I had an idea. I, actually, I was in bed like an hour ago. And then I'm like, I can't sleep. And I feel inspired. But I also want to do this with somebody. And I thought, Mina's two hours behind me. So yeah. she, she's probably not super tired yet. So maybe she would be willing to to do this with me. Totally. So that was the genesis behind the idea. This was not a well thought out anything. So here we are. So, so the genesis was because Henry couldn't sleep. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to say <laughs> something. I felt like I needed to say something for the first time in a really long time. Right. <laughs> and I'm not normally one to just want to say something, but I do know that when I feel like I need to say something, I probably should say something. So... um this is probably a great launching pad for this discussion. So my my listeners don't know who you are. Also, I don't know who my listeners are. So Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I don't know who they are either. So <laughs> would you mind telling people who you're a little bit about your life, especially like what you do, um, what area of the country you live, anything, anything you feel like you'd like to share? that will give people some insight into the person of you? Well, I will start by connecting us in oh, history. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Henry and I, no, I will speak for myself. I met Henry at an orchestra camp in Arkansas the summer of my 13th year on this planet. And we attended that camp. I think it was a, a week-long camp. It was. 
Yeah. And we met because we were stand partners in the violin section. And then we attended that same camp for the next two years. But you only went one year after. I was there a total of three years. I only went one more year after that. That's correct. Okay. So we we had this magical week during the summer um, together for a couple years. And then went our separate ways. I was living in Oklahoma. Henry was in Ohio. Well, he moved to Ohio after. Anyway, I don't need to give you Henry's history. That's how we met. And <laughs> we kept in touch throughout our adolescence via... Um, MSN Messenger and AOL chats and email and um, all through the many, many years of our lives, just from this little blip of an interaction as stand partners um, at the University of Arkansas. So it's really cool how you end up making your lifelong friendships because I don't honestly remember a lot about that camp at this point in my life. Yeah. You know, and meeting you was very special to me. I, I do remember feeling that way. And the fact that we were able to keep up before MySpace, before Facebook, before FaceTime, before mm-hmm. Zoom, <laughs> all these other methods of communication, the fact that we were able to stay in touch throughout all of that is pretty incredible. So there... I think we have a distinct advantage, especially right about now, because a lot of people are having to shift toward Zoom phone or Zoom calls and all the all these other things, and maybe they haven't done it as much as maybe we have. And I think, wow, it's cool that we we have the history that we have because that's not that's not something new for us, you know. That is so interesting. I had not even thought about that parallel. That you and I stayed connected in in these ways over time, our entire relationship. Like we've never had kind of like the typical like living in the same city friendship, but we've always been long distance and made it work. And yeah. whoa. It's like we've been living in quarantine away from each other, our whole friendship. <laughs> we have. <laughs> No, but our our friendship is so, so special to me. What was it, 2007 that I went out to Oklahoma to see? That sounds right. It yeah. Had been. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. In retrospect, I'm like, I can't believe that happened. That was so much fun because I was in Oklahoma. Like, I've not been back to Oklahoma since then. That was- I hardly have either. Well, that's, <laughs> that's also correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You Wow, you should tell, you should tell our listeners your story, like – when you when did you leave Oklahoma, and what have you so, done since? Yeah, graduated from high school, went to Atlanta for college, um, and then I did go back to Oklahoma for medical school. Mm-hmm. So I was there for a while after that, and then um, two years ago, almost three years. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it! It's been almost three years. Um, I came out here for residency here being Albuquerque, New Mexico, since that hasn't been stated yet. Um, So I am studying to be a psychiatrist um, so I can finally go out and be a a little doctor of my own and and not have to be under the scrutiny of constant supervision, which is something I've accepted as a reality of my life um, for what seems like forever. Um, 
So yeah, I'm one year away from being able to go out and practice and that's why I'm here. When you said it was three years ago that you went out there, my mind was like, oh crap, has it really? Yeah, it really has been. Yeah, it's crazy how time flies. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago that you went out there. Mm -mm. Wow. Okay, all right, all right. The nitty gritty that I really want to get to. I want to ask you a few questions. And then we can just ping pong about that. But I'm, I'm so interested into your insight because I've just been sitting with this for a while and haven't really talked to anybody about, I don't know, the depths of all of this. But what have you, in your role, what have you noticed about yourself? Well, not in your role, but as a person, what have you noticed about this whole thing? Like, what have you been feeling living in quarantine for the past 30, not 30 years, but 30 days, <laughs> <laughs> roughly. feels like 30 years. It's basically been 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my experience is slightly different just because I was expected to continue to go to work for a while. Yeah. So, um, you know, being, being in a hospital system and being in this unique position of, you know, do I decide to continue to serving my patients. And really it's not my decision. I work for a hospital system, so they kind of decide things for me. Yeah. Um, so for the first several weeks, we were still meeting in, in person with patients. And so it was kind of this weird altered reality of like seeing my patients in the waiting room six feet apart with like, you know, the spaced out uh, order of things and still trying to function like things were normal, but they weren't. And everyone was scared about the same thing. So of course, being a psychiatrist, I'm there to like talk, through people's like psychiatric problems and um, prescribe medications and do therapy even. Yeah. And so like, of course it was constantly just like a broken record. Like every 30 minutes, my new patient would come in and have the same anxieties about the same stuff. And of course that made me feel really anxious. Yeah. I'm um, having to be this like filter for, for all this like high level of anxiety and distress. Um, and eventually I actually ended up leading this push to have our outpatient clinics um, all be done by phone and video in order to continue to protect ourselves and other uh, patients because I just didn't feel like we were doing a good enough job um, keeping the environment safe. And so I got a whole bunch of signatures and petitioned and took it up to leadership and they listened. And so now I've been working from home for three weeks. Wow. That's incredible. So I applaud you for taking that stand because I'm sure that's a hard position to take, but you got it done. And I, I'm sure other people were grateful that you did what you did because you, you got to keep yourself safe and others safe on and on. I guess my, my question is usually when you're having, when you're having to do therapy, it's it's about things that are specific to them. I mean, there might be overlap in which you're like, oh, I'm struggling with this sort of thing too, I'm sure. But when it's something that everyone is dealing with at the same time, how do you how do you not take that home with you? I wish I had the answer. I mean, that's exactly what was happening. I feel like everywhere I turn, I'm sure everyone had this experience, like no matter what you turn on or what apps you open or who you talk yeah. to, like that's exactly what the conversation was. Um, and for it to be something that's so daunting and scary without any type of answer or clarity, um, 
is a horrible experience. And I think I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. I think, you know, typically in the mind of my patients, maybe they're having that type of experience, but someone has some kind of reassurance or answer, right? So that's why they're coming to me. That's why they're going to these other places that I might be directing them to kind of get some kind of sense of security and reassurance. But, you know, when no one has the answer and no one knows what the future holds, um, that's not a position I'm used to being in as a doctor. Usually I have something that I can give them to make them feel better. Um, so that level of hopelessness was hard to endure for a while. Hmm. Do you think it's easier now that you're not seeing them in person? I think a little bit. And I hate saying that in a way because I love seeing my patients. Like there's something about being in a room with someone and relating to them. Um, that's really special. And that's why I do the work I do. Um, but I have to admit, I think doing my job from a distance and having that barrier of not having to see like the distress on their face, even in that like very literal way has been a bit of a refuge for me. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious and everything you you have learned, did anything prepare you for how to handle dealing with something like this? Like, no, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna let you answer the question because I'm. I'm very curious because other things like it makes sense, but when it's such a big deal, that something that affects everybody, what do what do they tell you about those kind of situations? I mean, I think the most relatable way to draw any kind of parallel is like in talking about the big things like death. Yeah. And we are trained to be able to approach those big topics, death, birth, of course, loss, like all of these things are big relatable things that humanity deals with in a way that kind of unites us and relates us. But when it's this like, large looming existential threat that's hitting everybody simultaneously. It's not something we've really discussed, like how to, how to talk about. I mean, it really is weird. Like a virus that can infect every single person is kind of almost like there's a meteor heading to the planet right. and what do you do, you yeah. know? And um, That's not a typical medical school scenario, I have to say. So how do you, maintain your your sanity in the midst of, of things like that well this thing right here how do you maintain your sanity yeah I think for me personally to like step out of the role of like me as like a doctor and like more into like me as Mina um I've had to like <laughs> this is so nerdy no I love it okay so I love stickers yeah <laughs> and so like the the child within me loves like, like stars and rainbows and hearts and stickers. And so I've made this like little sticker board. Um, wait, I'm just going to show it to you. Okay. Wait, we're I'm, like visually recording this or is it just audio? It's just audio, but I still want to see what you're okay. talking about. <laughs> so I'm going to walk over and show Henry the visual and then describe it verbally. So listeners can get a nice little picture in their mind. And Henry, you can help me do so as you're looking at it. Uh, okay. So I posted this in my study. It's a bright green. Oh my gosh. Neon 
poster board that I've taken Sharpie to and it says staying well pandemic edition. I love that. On one corner it says, because stickers are awesome and life sucks for now. And the other (laughs) side, it says, yay stickers, boo COVID. And then I have yoga, running, art, and music with like room to put stickers for each thing that I accomplish so I can encourage myself to do the things that I deem worthy of self-care for myself. Um, it looks like you've been doing it. Just a little bit. Yeah. I've well, been I wasn't going to say that part. Come on, Mina. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say so, a little bit. <laughs> so, of course, I mean, my type anus. Ain't, oh, my God. I just totally said the word anus. <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. My listeners are like, mature. <laughs> I have to document I'm not, though. what I do, even if it's like fun things. Yeah. Totally how I cope. Yeah. Um. And then beyond that, I, I try to go on walks with people from a six-foot distance. Yeah. Um, and realize that there's like, okay, so there's like this acceptance phase, especially when I was still seeing patients in person where I was like, I'm going to get sick. Like, it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how badly I'm going to get sick because there's a huge variety of illness here. But it's going to happen and I'm going to deal with it. And it's going to be okay. And so I think once I accepted that, um, I felt a lot better mm-hmm. because then it wasn't like, oh my God, I have to do everything in my control to like never get sick. But then I was kind of like, I'm going to do everything I can to try not to get sick. And then when I do, it's just going to be that time where I wasn't able to do everything and that's okay. Yeah. So I, I think the uniqueness of this whole situation is that it's it's layered right so it's not only that you are you're working from home it's not only that you are trying your best to do the right things to avoid being sick but there's the whole aspect of wow i'm i'm now dealing with this apart from people and i don't if i i'm so used to seeing people all the time as of a month ago I was. And so to go from seeing people all the time to all of a sudden seeing nobody ever, seeing nobody any of the time, none of the time, that's just a, a strange, a very strange thing. So how have you been able to handle the solitude? And not even, you know, it's one thing for it to be silent for a day or two or even a week, but to go many days having to function apart from people consistently around how have you been able to process that? Just aside from the whole, the whole Corona thing. Yeah. I don't, I think, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Like, I think I'm doing a lot of distracting. So like I'm doing a lot of like playing video games and watching TV and yeah. Um, I do see people technically on all my zoom meetings, but I've almost kind of felt like there was a period where after our Zoom meetings, like my cohort after the, the um, like the professor or attending physician would leave, we would like stay on and kind of joke around and like talk and stuff, but that's kind of stopped. And at least I'm not sticking around. And I think the reason is because eventually the conversation ends up getting really stressful and like goes down this you know, let's just talk about the pandemic hole and I'm just kind of over it. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I was in a discussion the other day with, with some people that I know and I, I love them dearly. And I would tell this, I would tell them this in person, but the conversation just got really heavy. And I'm like, y'all, we need to find the hope in the situation because I just want to hang up right now and go cry based on everything we've talked about for the last 10 minutes. We can't just stay in this very heavy place. We get it. It's, it's a heavy time. It's not a, this isn't news to me. Why do we have to dwell on that? Um, anyway, that's just a, a side note, but totally. I think it's, it's definitely been interesting for me because I also live alone and having to process the whole, not having people around and I'm with you. There are some days that I'm just going to watch or have just watched Netflix or watched a movie or played games. I've played a lot of online spades. Apparently I'm getting better at that. And then I play and then I lose. And then I wonder if I'm getting better at that. (laughs) Um, But I'm of the belief that, okay, let me, let me back up a little bit. I see a lot of people, especially within the creative community that they're taking this time to really mm, improve their skills or gain a new skill or put things out there into the world. And I'm not, it's not that I'm opposed to those things. I, I think it's more so that for myself, if I think that this whole season is about taking the solitude and just busying myself up even more, then I think I've somehow missed a point, you know, because when else in my life am I ever going to have a period of time that it's going to be filled with a lot of solitude? So to me, finding ways like that to, to distract myself, like that sort of thing kind of alarms me a little bit if that's my overall goal. Um, I personally, I, I think I have enough skill. I have enough things I know that I can hone in on, but I don't, I don't think that's what this season is about for me. I think the main thing is that I want to come out of it with, with my sanity and I want to come out of it with a deeper appreciation of people because I tell you what, I, I appreciate people a lot more now. I look at some of the things that I would get upset about before this all started and I think to myself, wow, that was, that was really petty. I wish I could be upset about that right now because that means I will be around people to be upset at. But it's, it's amazing how much my viewpoint of life has changed as a result of this and how much more. I thought I valued people a lot as it was. I value people even more now. And it's just interesting. Another thing I thought about the other day was how before all of this started – I felt like I was moving at a million miles a minute and this all, and I, and I felt like I needed to slow down for a long time and I never did. And this all happened and now I'm forced to slow down. And some days, most days I hate it, but then I realize, okay, this, this is not altogether a bad thing. Having to operate in a slower pace is probably the healthiest thing I've done in years. I, when have, when have I ever had a life that has gone by this slowly when when have there ever been a lack of things going on? Even childhood, even teenage years, I can't remember times where it was filled with a lot of nothingness. Or if it if 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 there was nothing going on, I would fill it with something else. So anyway, I'm so sorry. That was a, a long rant about all of my thoughts over the past month. Now it's been it's definitely been hard. There's some days where I'm just I am over it. 
I look at the calendar and I think, and I see that it's April 15th and I'm frustrated because for us that means, dang, at least another two-ish more weeks at the very least. I have a feeling it's going to go beyond that, but I'm having to take it day by day. And that's not a normal mindset for me as it relates to life. Usually I know what I'm going to do next month. I know what I'm going to do in the fall. But having to literally keep my sanity day after day, that's a that's a new one for me. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how you feel about all of that. I've talked a lot. Yeah. No, you brought up so many good things. I think going back to um like one of your first points about you know, people are being really productive and there's almost like this pressure that's like, this time is a gift. You have to use it. Like if you don't, then there's no excuse, but your laziness, I completely (laughs) reject that. Same. I completely reject that. The reason being, it's not like we're all on vacation, you know, and that, that even means if you're not working, that this isn't vacation, you are literally surviving a pandemic. Yeah. You know, and that, that's enough. Like you don't need to like <laughs> qualify how you're spending your time unless you have stickers and it's on a poster board and then it's okay. But other than that. <laughs> Agreed. And those are things that bring you life, by the way. Yeah. The, everything I saw on that board, those are great things. Right. But I think, I think speaking to like this desire to be like, no, like we still have to put this pressure on ourselves to be productive is exactly the opposite lesson to learn here, which is the fact um, that you were bringing up even since childhood. Oh my gosh. Like if you weren't being productive so you could get into the best college and then go into the best, whatever, and like always have these like goals you're working toward to like continue this machine that has been stopped dead in its tracks by this virus. Um, yeah, you're missing the point. Right. My, my goal is maintain my, my peace. Really. That's, that's, if that's the only thing I gain through the, through all of this, then I will see that as a victory to be quite honest. If, if I learn something new, that's great, but that can't be what I'm striving toward, you know? So Yeah, that being said, it it is interesting how each day presents a different challenge. I mean, tomorrow I could wake up and feel great about everything. And then two days from that, I could think, wow, this is the worst. When am I going to see my friends again? But I think what it's highlighted for me is just my need for people. I I do consider myself on the introverted side, but my introversion does not last a month. (laughs) like at a certain point I want to be around people again and I used to think that I was not a a physical touch person (laughs) I have not had a hug in three and a half weeks and I really miss that and I never thought I would ever say that in my life absolutely absolutely I think kind of speaking to your point of you know you're introverted but like not for a month you know this all talks about the idea of balance, right? I mean, so I would say that most of us living in like the way society was running before all this, we're very much pushed to be a certain way in order to be productive, in order to be a part of society and to meet our financial goals and whatever, whatever other things are pushing us to do the things we do. And now that it's been completely pulled back in this opposite direction, at least for me, what I want to come out of this with is this idea that yes, I, I would have every opportunity probably to go right back to the way things were for me. Mm -hmm. But I at least want to know that 
I can stay at home and be happy and entertain myself and be alone maybe more than I was previously and that there's value in that for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I'm going to continue to value when things go quote unquote back to normal, which who knows what even that means anymore. Right. But at least I'll have maybe just the skill set of, you know, if there's a skill set to be developed now, it is the one to tolerate oneself in isolation. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think we have the unique challenge because we both live alone, but I, I often think of friends of mine that are married and, or friends of mine that, that that have a big family and they can just be with their family. And I think to myself, wow, that's – even though that has its own set of challenges, in some ways I, I'm a little bit jealous of that because they still have that face-to-face people interaction. And But at the same time, I'm sure that they want to see other people too and feel limited by only seeing the people that's in their house. So mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how this is something <clears> – there are some general themes, but this affects each of us in, in such different ways. And I'm when normalcy returns, again, like you said, whatever that looks like, I I really want – it would be a disservice if things returned back to normal and I didn't change in a significant way. Yeah. I really want to change in a significant way and in a way that will last me the rest of my life and make me a better human being, a more compassionate, a less stubborn, more flexible human being. And I, I really think that for a lot of us, we will, we will have those things happen to us. We will be better if we allow this to make us better. I don't want to become bitter and resentful because of a virus. I want to I want to take a negative situation and make sure that I become better because of that and not worse. So, what do you? What's like the main? Pretend I'm sitting in your office. What's the main thing that you find yourself telling people as they are as they're trying to cope with this? I remind them that it's temporary, just like everything in life. And um, that our ability to tolerate things that are unexpected and oftentimes undesired, are, um, that ability is what makes us human. Yeah. And our adaptability um, is what keeps us surviving. And, you know, above, survive, above surviving is thriving. And that's what I want for my patients is to be able to become resilient, thriving, people who are able to see the goodness and happiness in the world around them, regardless of their circumstance. And that's a tall order for a lot of my patients, mm-hmm. but um, that is what I remind them is the, the fact that this is temporary and the fact is they're not alone. And in fact, we're all actually more united because of our struggle and our effort against this. Um. And to, you know, and what I've been just telling all my patients is that I'm here. I mean, you know, even if it's by phone, like they can call anytime and they know where I'm going to be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I also just kind of level with them too. It's like, I don't, I don't know anything and I'm also scared. Well, you couldn't tell because my, my listeners can't see your face, but you look so calm right now. And I, I'm, I am jealous of how calm you look. That's amazing. Years of training. Well, it's, it's impressive. 
very impressive. Thank you for all the insight you gave. It's just really fun to talk to you. This is one of my my listeners. They can't see my face, so I don't know why I keep wanting to make these facial expressions. But um, my listeners should know that you're one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. So getting to talk to you about this kind of thing is a treat for me. So I really appreciate you. I'm very grateful that you were not able to sleep tonight. I'm sorry that you had to experience that, but it turned into something really cool. So. Oh, it's okay. I think there's there's a difference between not being able to sleep because you want to, you really want to go to sleep, and not being able to sleep because you really want to accomplish something. So, thank you for doing this with me and being the person that you're the first person I've had on this podcast, or you're the first voice this podcast will have had in six months. So I really appreciate you doing this with me for that reason. It got me back in the ring. Totally. We're um, reviving it. That's right. That's right. It, it, the name of the podcast is My Day Off. I took a six-month hiatus. So hopefully it's not another six-month hiatus. I had a really long day off. So here we are. We're back. Um, exactly. But I am I'm going to lead us out. I mean, we're still going to talk after this because I want to. I want to ask you more questions off the air, quote unquote. Yeah. But thank you guys for listening to episode twelve of the My Day Off podcast. And Mina, tell goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.